Hi, welcome to a nude podcast called Notes from a Drama Watcher. My name is Mar. I've been a drama watcher for a long time, mostly BL dramas um, for the past few years, although I do watch other dramas as well. But recently I tried to look for some online podcasts for people talking about BL dramas and really couldn't find much. I did find some, but really couldn't find much. So I thought, why not do one myself? So here we go. In this episode, our first episode, we're going to be talking about Fish Upon the Sky, which is a new Thai drama, Second Chance, which is also a new Thai drama, and Word of Honor, which is a Chinese wuxia, it's a historical drama. I'm going to be reviewing um, episodes one through five of that one. That's a long one. It's 36 episodes. A lot of the Chinese dramas are, are longer than the Thai ones. Now, this is just my review of those dramas, just my personal opinion. I'm not some kind of expert, just someone who's been watching dramas for a very long time. So these are my reviews. And just a heads up, there may be some spoilers if you're not caught up to the specific episodes I mentioned. Um, that's why I want to let you know right up front which are the episodes I'll be talking about. So this is episode one, Fish Upon the Sky, episode one, Second Chance. Episodes one through five of Word of Honor. All right, here we go. So Fish Upon the Sky opens with our main character, P, who is a university student. And he's part of, a, as he calls it, staff who participates in helping other students confess to their, their crush. And this all takes place on Valentine's Day. And what he doesn't know, and this is right in the opening scene, so I'm not spoiling much. What he doesn't know is that he's the one who's about to be confessed to. You grab a bunch of balloons, you get up onto, in this case, you go up onto the roof and then your crush shows up. We don't see who his crush or who's crushing on him in this opening scene. We just see someone's hands because this scene is taking place in present day. After this, though, it flashes back to one year later and we get to see what has led up to this moment. It's a cute opening scene. To be honest, though, all I can think when I'm watching it is, all these balloons being let out into the sky are terrible for the environment, but it was cute though. So as it continues, then we find ourselves one year earlier, we see P in his, in his element in school and university, and he's a gentle student in university. And he's just kind of this socially awkward person who at this point we know has like a very popular brother and Things happen and he just starts feeling like people are just trying to get close to him to really get close to his brother, not because they want to be friends with him or be close to him. And it shapes the way he is. He's become someone who can't, who feels like he can't trust anyone, along with feeling that he can't trust any of the people around him, you know, in terms of friendship. It's also, he's just feeling really lonely. He's seeing all these couples around him, het couples, gay couples, just everyone apparently isn't a couple except for him. And at this low moment, he meets up. It's not the first time, but he meets up with Meng, who is played by Mix. And you may recognize Mix from A Tale of a Thousand Stars that just finished. It was the show that was on just right before Fish Upon the Sky. If you have not seen A Tale of a Thousand Stars, please go check it out. It's a wonderful show. And what I really appreciated about Tale of a Thousand Stars is that it was not set in a university. So 
I'm a little concerned that we're back to a university drama, but you know, I'm going to just keep an open mind to this and see how it goes. So P, because he's, he has this crush on Mungnan and he's had it for a long time, you know, is hyper aware of, of what he's doing and his whereabouts and so forth. And always sort of orbiting in Mungnan's area is Mork Sutaya, who P obviously doesn't like because he wants to be the one orbiting Mungnan. Of course, what P doesn't notice, but we, the audience, notice is that just as he's hyper aware of Mungnam, Mork is actually very hyper aware of P and is constantly keeping an eye on him. It's pretty clear from the outset that Mork has feelings for P, but P is just so focused on Mungnam that he, he can't even see it. He can't even see what's going on around him. And it's, you know, due to this unease that P is feeling around Mork that he just always feels that Mork is up to something nefarious, even when it's not necessarily the case. So also in this first episode, we get to see Duen, who is P's brother. And um, he's got some freshmen, I guess, kind of following him around campus. I guess the, the other classmate probably has a crush on him. We don't really know the story yet. He kind of started to tell it. He got cut off. And we also get to see P and Duen's parents, who are very cute. The other brother, Juan, I believe his name was, who is the popular one that everyone kind of compares P to is we don't really see him. He's away on an internship. So we don't really know what he looks like or what his personality is like and why everyone loves him. So with all that being said about the things that P goes through and how he feels, etc., this is actually a more comedic show, obviously way more comedic than A Tale of a Thousand Stars. This is like in the total opposite direction, which is probably maybe done purposely just to bring, you know, a lighthearted feel. And not a bad first episode. I, I really don't have any big complaints about it. Again, I'm a little concerned about being back in a university setting, but definitely something I will, at least for now, continue watching just to see how they resolve this tension between Mork and P. You know, how they're going to get P to acknowledge Mork's feelings. Also, P has his only friend, what he considers his only friend, is an online friend that he has. And they do show this person in shadow and everything. It's pretty clear that it is probably Mork. So at some point also in the show, we may have the whole conflict of maybe P feeling betrayed that Mork has been his online friend advising him or whatever this whole time and not being truthful of him. We'll see if that becomes a major part of the story and where it falls into place within the scope of the series. I'm not really sure how many episodes there will be in this series. Also in the trailer, we saw the Kitty Gang, who are the ones who come in and give um, P a makeover. We don't even really get to see them in this first episode. They haven't showed up yet, except to be in the preview for episode two. So we've got to wait to see them and, and see how that all plays out. I mean, obviously, if you see the episode, P looks perfectly fine. All they're going to do is probably just remove his glasses. I don't know what they can really do about the braces. I guess we'll have them removed. But he looks fine with the braces, with the glasses. He looks fine, but I guess it's more about how he feels about himself. So we'll see how that progresses during the show. You know, how his self-worth goes. And hopefully at some point he realizes that there's someone out there, Mork, who has liked him from the beginning when he had the braces, when he didn't have the braces, whatever the case may be. But definitely um, something that I will continue to watch, at least for now. All right. So the next series that I took a look at is 
Second Chance. And Second Chance is available on Line TV. Fish Upon the Sky, just to backtrack a little bit, Fish Upon the Sky is available on GMM TV on YouTube. So Second Chance is actually something, a uh, show that I knew absolutely nothing about. Did not even see a teaser or trailer. I don't even know if there was one. There may have been one put out. It's just a reactor that I watch sometimes. Came up on my notifications as reacting to this. So I got curious and decided to try to watch it. I actually didn't even watch his reaction because I didn't want to be spoiled for anything. So Second Chance is a show that takes place in a high school. And so it's following the the life of various high schoolers. Now, that's one thing is that right off the bat, we're introduced to a lot of characters. Chris, Paper, Tung Fa, someone named Jenu, I think was the name, Nier, M. There are various female characters who they actually don't, at least so far, not saying their names. But you've got the kind of trope of like the trio of females giggling in the corner and shipping their classmates kind of thing, which, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in high school and BL was not really a thing. At least I don't think it was. But those of you who are closer to high school age, um, is this a thing to sit in a corner shipping your classmates? I don't know. <laughs> seems kind of strange to me but uh maybe it's a generational thing I don't know but the thing is like they're being super obvious about it about what they're doing so I think the boys know pretty well what's going on but the ones who are being shipped the most are Tung Fa and Paper and they are really close friends and we learn throughout the episode that they both have experienced loss in their ways and I guess that's made them kind of closer even closer to each other though you do get the sense that their feelings are slightly different or at least like acknowledged feelings paper you can tell likes Tong Fa but I don't know that uh, Tong Fa really knows what he's feeling at the moment uh, maybe he's not feeling anything romantic towards paper at the moment when episode one is occurring. The episode does open on some kind of argument between Paper and Tong Fa, but it's not really clear what is going on in that argument. Though it does seem to be Tong Fa um, confessing to Paper. So we don't really know yet what's going on. We'll find out as the show progresses, I guess. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue watching it just because I don't necessarily watch high school shows, but there are some diff some interesting storylines going on here you've got you know paper and tong fa and their their friendship and there's a bullying story going through through the episode you even get to see actually some of the teachers talking about school violence and what they can do about it and one interesting thing to me that we really don't see in shows at least i can't recall seeing this in Thai BL dramas. Maybe someone knows and you can correct me if I'm wrong or, or refresh my memory of something, but there is a, a threat of dating violence as well between a male couple. That I don't know that I have seen. There could be something out there and I'm just not remembering or I just haven't seen it, but that was something unusual that I noticed. And I'm kind of glad they had that in there because I don't know Thailand, I'm not from Thailand, I'm from America, but dating violence is a thing. And men can be victims of domestic violence. And it's something people don't talk about. And it's something that men are afraid to talk about because, you know, maybe they think people will look down on them if they've experienced domestic violence. So it's interesting that they've put that storyline in there. They're not calling it as such. It's part of the bullying storyline, but it's interesting that it's there. Now, even though I've just said that I may not continue watching this show. I do have to say that I was pretty invested in watching the first episode. It's clear that 
They don't have a high budget or anything. They're pretty much filming like in one place in a bedroom, you know, part of a house, I guess. And in the school, in the cafeteria looks like, and in the locker room. <laughs> this It's not a, a big set or huge budget here. But as I said, I was pretty invested in watching the episode. I barely paused it. I paused Fish Upon the Sky more than I paused Second Chance while I was watching it, which I didn't even realize until it occurred to me. I had run through, it's in four parts. The episode is in four parts on Line TV. I didn't realize I had run through three of the parts without even pausing it, you know, and then, and then it hit me. And with Fish Upon the Sky, I kept just stopping it. Not because I thought it was terrible or anything, but I would just pause it and do something and, you know, whatever, come back to it. Second chance, I was just full on watching it, watching the storyline. I think all these actors were pretty good. Um, I don't know how many of them are new actors. Like I said, you can tell it's not like a high budget production, but they're all pretty good. Even the giggling girls in the corner, I was just kind of laughing with them, you know, as I was watching it. And the actors playing uh, Paper and Tong Fa just have a really good chemistry together. Forget about any romance or whatever. I don't even know if that will develop or anything, but just you can sense like a real friendship between them. The actors are doing a good job of showing that. And Jeno, who is the one who is unfortunately being beat up and bullied you know my heart is just like breaking for him because you can see that he, he feels trapped and doesn't kind of know what to do and he's talking about taking Muay Thai which is a kind of martial arts um, you know to defend himself because he doesn't know what to do against this the school bully Arthur is the name of the school bully and his cronies you know who Arthur's still calling him his boyfriend even as he's beating the mess out of him and Jeno has just called him his ex so they clearly have different ideas about where their relationship is. And I don't know how this will develop in future episodes, even though it's kind of heartbreaking to see. I do want them to kind of explore that storyline. As I said, as bullying, yes, because it's school violence, there's bullying in the school, but also in that part of dating violence as well. That being said, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to check out episode two. I might. Um, I probably will, but just just no guarantee about it. But if you're someone who does like high school dramas, this is one you may like. Just be aware that there is violence here. It's pretty graphic. It's a little scary. It's heartbreaking, I think. But, uh, you know, it's real. These are things that happen. I don't know how prevalent any of this is in Thailand, but I know in America for sure there's school bullying issues. And I was just saying before there is dating violence. So just be aware of those things if you decide to watch the show. This is not going to be a lighthearted thing like Fish Upon the Sky. Fish Upon the Sky, even though P is going through some, some things, they're still kind of doing it as a comedy. This one is clearly not a comedy. So just be aware of that. Um, as I said, that one is available on Line TV. So the next show I'm going to talk about is Word of Honor. And I'm kind of going to breeze through. I don't know if that's the word for it, but uh, episodes one through five or review episodes one through five, mainly because I'm going to be kind of going through several episodes at a time through the next few podcasts, just so I can kind of catch up on where I am at. I am actually already pretty current with the English subs that are going up on YouTube and on Viki, which is where you can find Word of Honor. On YouTube, it's on the Yoku channel. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So it's your choice where you're going to watch it. There's pros and cons to where you catch it. On Viki, I noticed with the fan subs that Word of Honor has Again, I'm, I'm actually already up to episode 22, I think it is, but I'm only going to be talking about one through five here. But Word of Honor has a lot of poetry and cultural references and things of that nature. Now, unfortunately, 
on the Yoku channel on YouTube, they don't explain any of this really that the characters are saying. So if you don't have that kind of background, the cultural background, the literature background, you're you're going to be confused sometimes. With the fan subs on Vicky, they will actually put there what it is that this character is referring to, give you an example, you know, explain it in some way. Now, pro, like I said, there's pros and cons. The con on Vicky is that their episodes, the, the actual episodes are apparently from like an older version and the episodes on Yoku on YouTube are a little bit newer version. Doesn't make that much of a difference, but there are some scenes that are slightly re-edited or edited on Yoku. So you're gonna get a more up-to-date version on Yoku. Usually it's not much. It, you know, it adds up to maybe a few seconds here and there or whatever, but just something to keep in mind, decide where you're going to watch it. Or you can do like me and watch them on both <laughs> because I just keep watching, you know, certain episodes. But there is a certain scene later on that you don't see on Vicky and you do see on Yoku. And it's not even a long scene, but just it's something different that I had to go over to Yoku to see. So Word of Honor. Word of Honor is a Chinese drama. It's going to be 36 episodes. Uh, I believe they're up to episode 24, it might be, on Yoku and Vicky right now. So I'm still a couple of episodes behind. And it takes place during the Wuxia period. I'm not some kind of Chinese history ex expert, so I'm not sure where this period falls in the timeline of Chinese history. But it is a period drama. They are in costume. It's a historical drama. And our two main leads are played by Zhang Shehan. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And Gong Jun. I don't know Zhang Shehan. Han Gong Jun, who I know as Simon Gong, I've seen in the BL drama Advance Bravely. So you may have seen him there if you've, if you've heard and seen that drama. That's where you would have recognized his face from. Episode one uh, is where we're introduced to Zhou Zishu, who is the leader of the Window of Heaven. This is the world of this story, is a world of various martial arts sects who each have their own specialty or abilities. So Zishu is a martial arts master, he's an expert, who basically functions as an assassin for the prince. So as part of his work as an assassin, he winds up not killing them directly, but causing someone to die who is more important to him than he realizes at the moment. This causes him great guilt because though he is an assassin, he is at his heart a good person if you can be a good person as an assassin. That's kind of a running thread through this episode. And this person dying is kind of the beginning of his change of heart. I'm not sure. I'm probably gonna be back and forth saying, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure this is a change of heart. I don't know that he ever enjoyed what he was doing. He just did it because he felt he had to. It's just that the consequences time, which it was too close to home for him and it causes him to reflect. And if you are a part of the window of heaven, you're basically not allowed to leave. The only way to leave is to die. Either you're killed in, in duty or there are these seven nails that you put in your body and that will cause you to lose senses, to become paralyzed, to, to die. If you put it in quickly, all of these uh, consequences can happen quickly. If you put them in slowly, you start losing your senses slowly, your martial arts abilities slowly. So this is what Sozushi decides to do. He doesn't tell the prince. Um, I think it's the prince. They just call him your highness. 
I don't know if it's a prince or an emperor, but he doesn't tell him what he's doing because obviously he doesn't want him to stop him from doing it. The only way for him to leave the window of heaven is to get these nails put in quietly. And then once it's done, go to the prince and tell him what's going on. He still needs to see him because he's, he's only put in six nails. He needs to get that seventh nail in order to be able to leave. And he accomplishes that. And so he's able to leave the window of heaven. Now, he knows he would probably be recognized being outside because he was the famous assassin. So he decides he's going to disguise himself because he is dying. He has three years to live at some point during those three years he's you know he's losing his senses his five senses his martial arts ability is going to be decreasing he just wants to enjoy what remains of his life so last we see of him in you know episode episode one he's just going off to live his life um, disguised as a beggar his face is disguised so that no one knows who he is we also see in episode one a little bit of the ghost valley Ghost Valley is where ghosts live. Now, these aren't real ghosts, apparently. Ghosts are just people who are misfits from society, rejects, quote unquote, from society, who winds up in the Ghost Valley. There is a leader of Ghost Valley where we don't really see his face. It's not clear. We see part of his face in the episode, but someone has stolen what they call the glazed armor. It's a blue circular thing, looks like glass. It's in pieces. So there are pieces of the glazed armor floating around out there, and this leader of the Ghost Valley wants it back. Now, the leader of the Ghost Valley seems like a pretty ruthless guy, but it kind of sets up where the story's going, where the glazed armor is going to be very important. At the end of the episode, it kind of cuts away to three months later. We see a dapper looking young man having tea or wine, I believe it is, with his maid, his assistant. And we also see Sozushi kind of, you know, dressed as a beggar. He's been living as a beggar for the past three months. He's just kind of hanging out on the steps trying to drink some wine and there's a boy who comes up to him to try to give him some money or be helpful so now we've got Sozushi on the steps we've got the young boy and the dapper looking man with his assistant enjoying the wine on a nearby patio the dapper man is Wang Kuxing his assistant Gu Xiang and the boy Changling and Sozushi and so now we've got all of our major players for the show here at the episode one the end of episode one together which of course, none of them have any idea who each other is yet. So episode two, Ga Zhang, uh, who's the assistant to Wen Kuxing, has decided to pick a fight with Sozushi for some reason. And this basically, in the midst of the fight, after the fight, this causes Wen Kuxing to introduce himself to Sozushi because he's fascinated by Sozushi's part in the fight, which is Sozushi's trying to disguise that he knows martial arts, but Wang Kishing knows what he's saying and he realizes that Sozushi knows his martial arts and he knows some particular steps that are not just steps that anyone would know. And so he becomes fascinated by Sozushi. Wang Kishing is also not fooled at all by Sozushi's disguise. Not that he knows what he looks like necessarily, but he realizes this is someone with martial arts skills. And the way he holds himself and, and comports himself tells him this is a martial artist. It's not just a quote unquote beggar on the street as he's trying to pretend he is. And Wang Kishing becomes fascinated by this and really just wants to figure out who this guy is. Now, we can't forget about Chung Ling, who's the boy, who's been kind of standing on the sidelines watching all of this. And he gives his name card to Sozushi and basically tells him, you know, if you need anything, you can come to my house, to my family's property, whatever. Here's my name card. Basically, so let know to help Sozushi. This becomes important later on when Sozushi does decide to take him up on it and go to the house 
at least for a place to rest and some wine, which there's a lot of wine drinking in this show so far. I'm not a drinker. It's not my thing, but I can see, you know, Zozushi, knowing he has three years left to live, he is just trying to be out there having fun living his life, I guess. Now, as I said, Zozushi does decide to go to Changling's house. But before he gets there, he kind of stops in this beautiful field among the cherry blossoms. And who should show up but one Cushing, who picks a kind of fight with him, but it's really a flirting fight or flirting on one side, right? Because one Cushing is the one who's interested in Zozushi and Zozushi just wants to be left alone. He's even there, you know, trying to say some flowery words to Zozushi and Zozushi's kind of looking at him like, whatever. It's a very cat and mouse relationship thus far. Now just a word here about the OST during this particular fight or several times in the show they play the OST and it's actually really beautiful not not just sung nicely but the lyrics are really beautiful when you see them. Now because Zozushi was given Chung Ling the boy's name card he uses it to have them let him into the house just for a place to rest while he's there the home is actually attacked. Because remember, they are looking for the glazed armor and they're thinking that it might be there. When I say they, I mean everyone is looking for the glazed armor. Zozushi being there allows him to actually save Chungling's life. And this man who just basically wanted to live the rest of his life, you know, in the sunshine, drinking wine and just minding his own business, winds up having to save this child and protect him. And all while he's dying i mean because at the end of the day that's what's happening he's dying so it's hard for him to fight he can fight for a little bit but his body is wearing down but like i said before he was an assassin but at his heart right a good person so he really wants to protect this child he wants to do the right thing so the next few episodes really it's it's this same kind of thing it's so sushi suddenly finding himself the guardian of Chung Ling, um, not to stay with him forever, but he's trying to deliver him to the rest of his family so that they can protect him. Because people are thinking that somehow he might know where the glazed armor is. Everyone's trying to get this glazed armor. Wang Cushing is along for the ride because he's still trying to figure out who Sozushi is. And also Wang Cushing is like a trickster kind of character. He just likes seeing chaos going on around him. And right now there's a lot of chaos going on around Sozushi. So he's actually finding it fun in a way. And at the same time, he's so intrigued by Zozushi that he just keeps needling him. You know, he keeps trying to find out things about him. You can tell he's already halfway in love and Zozushi is just like not having it. Partly he doesn't trust him. And I think partly it's also he knows he's dying. So he probably doesn't want to get close to someone. But Wang Cushing is not, he's nothing of not persistent. And he's actually a pretty fun character. Simon Gong probably had the time of his life playing this guy. He's such a flirt and he's so sly. You can tell he just really wants to know about Zosushi. Zosushi doesn't even tell him his name. So he doesn't know his name. He just says his shoe. So when Cushing starts calling him Ashu, and if you stick an ah before someone's name, that that's to show closeness. So he's already like, oh yeah, we're close. And Zozushi's like, what do you mean we're close? Like we just met. Uh, episode four continues the same way. Zozushi traveling with Changling, trying to get him to safety. And Wan Cushing just along for the giggles, basically. Still trying his best to flirt, make headway with Zozushi, get him to pay him some attention. And Zozushi's like, still like, no, not trusting you at all. I've seen like a few crack videos where they've got like a meme going, you know, and it's there with Wan Cushing and it'll say, notice me senpai he's trying to get Sozuchi to notice him and that's exactly what it is he's basically doing the martial arts grown-up version of pulling his pigtails episode 5 sees Chung Ling safely delivered 
to his uncle and also we get to see more a little bit more of some of the residents of ghost valley that we saw I remember back in the first episode ghost valley is the lands of i don't know about using the word misfits but i mean that's basically what it is people have been cast out from society for various reasons we see more of them here because remember they are they have been commanded by their leader to retrieve the glazed armor at the same time that the rest of the martial arts world is trying to retrieve the glazed armor even chung ling's family is trying to retrieve the glazed armor. They keep trying to get Chung Ling to tell them anything about the glazed armor and he's denying it. You know, he's he's really just a kid. They don't say exactly how old he is, but he is not a young boy, but he is a boy. So in this episode, one of the things that happens that is explained on Vicky, but not on YouTube, on Yoku, is Sozushi gets some blood on his sleeve and one Cushing cuts off part of his sleeve for the piece that has the blood, you know, to fall off. And apparently cut sleeve is a term to refer to someone who is gay in China. I don't know if it's currently used in China, but at least, you know, in, in older times. So that detail, if you're not aware of what it is, you're not going to think anything of it as you see it, but it is something that is explained in the fan subbing on Vicky. So that's something to keep in mind when you're deciding where you're going to watch this. So now that Chung Ling has been safely delivered um, to his family, one Cushing and Sosushi were traveling together, but they're not out of danger just because they've completed their task. And episode five ends with them about to get into something. Now, as I said, I'm really up to like episode 21, 22. So I'm, you know, way past episodes one through five. But from the very beginning, I I love this show. I kind of watched it just, I had noticed that Simon Gong was in it. I was interested in what he was doing, but I didn't know much about the show. And then I see it, started seeing all this buzz online through, you know, BL reactors and stuff about it. So decided to watch it and just got hooked immediately and got to episode 21 within like a week and a half or something i don't know something crazy like that it helped that i had a holiday weekend but still i totally binge watched it i really could recommend this to anyone who likes bl it is a chinese drama so it is longer it's 36 episodes that's way longer than usually the Thai dramas and you know taiwanese dramas are it's not as long as other dramas though the untamed which a lot of people know that one too. That one is 50 episodes. So if you want something shorter, <laughs> watch Word of Honor. The Untamed I started and never finished. And it's not anything negative about the show. It's just, there were a lot of characters. And you do get a lot of people introduced here in Word of Honor, but it's just somehow easier to keep track of for some reason. Maybe it's not as many characters. I'm not sure what the reason is, but I'm just not as confused here with Word of Honor. Maybe it's a simpler storyline. I don't know. I'm not sure. But definitely recommended. Um, one thing, it's again, it's a Chinese drama. It's, we know it's BL, but it's not, you know, called BL. Chinese censors don't really do BL dramas. So don't watch this expecting to see someone kissing or doing, it's not going to happen. This is longing looks, some flirting or poetry disguise, flirting disguise as poetry. I am actually shocked at the things that have slipped past the censors for this show. Some of the things that Wang Cushing says, I am very surprised and I'm a little afraid to be honest because I used to watch a show called Guardians. Guardians was also a BL slash bromance drama. I watched it or tried to watch it when it was first coming up on, on YouTube. It was not on Yoku, it was on a different channel and it actually got taken down by the censors before it was returned. So I'm kind of just crossing my fingers that it doesn't happen to Word of Honor and it's one of the reasons I'm actually watching Word of Honor so quickly 
is just in case they do decide to take it down, which I hope not. Let's all keep our fingers crossed. So again, totally recommend watching this. You got these characters, you don't know if they're good, they're evil, whatever. We, we learn more about them as the show progresses. And that may or may not change your mind about whether they're good or evil. I mean, they're all humans, right? Humans are flawed. We all have these things within us and we all have choices that we've made or choices that were made for us, things that happened to us that shaped who we were. And I think we'll we'll get to see a lot more of that here as you get through the episodes after episode five that I'm talking about today and even later on in the show. So that's it for episode one of Notes from a Drama Watcher. Whew, that was long, but there was just so much to talk about, especially Word of Honor. Love that show. So I hope you will join me next time for episode two where I'll be talking about We Best Love, Fighting Mr. Second, and episodes six through 10 of Word of Honor. Thanks again. Hope you have a great one.